Hi, you're listening to Becoming Whole podcast with Claire Bradshaw, where I explore with my guests what it means to lean into living a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values. So if you're a seeker, a feeler or someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's get inspired together. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Coming Whole podcast with Claire. I have Lauren Howard Tripp on um, the podcast today. Uh, Lauren is a yoga, meditation and art teacher with over a decade of experience worldwide. She did her initial yoga training with Les Leventhal in 2015. She's a Diksha practitioner and has studied various forms of meditation, including mindfulness, chakra and Vedic meditation. She's also the owner and founder of Namart Stay, exploring conscious creativity through art and yoga. So a really interesting lady. I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast today. How are you, Lauren? I'm wonderful. How are you, Claire? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. So let's go back a little bit in time. Tell me about where you're from and what brought you to live in Melbourne, Australia? Oh, that's always a fun question. I feel like I am a child of this earth. I was born in Cape Town, South Africa, and I lived there until I was 14. And then my family immigrated to Canada, and we lived there for 13 years. And then I found my way to Australia, which was meant to just be for a year, but I fell madly in love with Melbourne, and I've been here ever since. Amazing, amazing. Well, it's so lovely to have you here in Melbourne. As, as you know, I'm not from here either. So <laughs> everyone makes Melbourne their home. It's such a friendly place. So good. Cool. good. What came first, yoga or art for you? Um, wow. Um, they sort of arrived at the same time um, during different periods of my life. I began yoga on a tiny little mat beside my mom when I was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also began art when I was a- around the same age, so around four or five. And my mom, again, would take me to art classes. So it was always a part of my childhood. And um, I, after about age 10 or so, so, let go of both of those practices and just focused on growing up and being a kid and um, it wasn't until in my 20s when I went through a really rough patch. I went through a divorce and had become um, really, I was looking for something more. Um, Life had sort of promised to be something and then it turned out that that's not what it was and so I was seeking for something else I knew there was something more um, and I was looking to find that deeper connection with myself and so I found my way back really to both art and yoga simultaneously and did a lot of healing through that and they've been right by my side ever since amazing amazing and did you did you study yoga and art at that time or was it something that you started to delve into your own personal practice then I was very heavily um in my own practice at that point um it wasn't until a little bit later that I realized that this was actually something that I wanted to share with the world it wasn't until after I'd experienced 
my own healing and the power of these practices, especially when combined, that I thought it, it wasn't even really a choice. It was just a feeling that I knew I had to share what I had found in some way with the others. Yeah, makes sense. And what did you find or what did you discover from delving into your own personal practice of, you know, creativity and yoga? I found that everything is already inside of you, that we sometimes just need these mediums or these other people to act as a mirror so that we're able to really look at what is inside of ourselves. Um, So there was that component as well as becoming lost in the flow state. So uh, flow state has been a hot topic as of late. It's when um, we move beyond the fight or flight response, beyond the stress responses in the body, and we get into this stage where we can suddenly quieten the thoughts or quiet the mind and just arrive at simply being. And in that stage, we're able to hear our intentions, our intuition, um, we're able to engage with our art form or get lost in our practice, so to speak. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask you exactly what your definition was of flow in the next question. So thank you for that. Um, And for you personally, you found then the flow through the practices of yoga and also through the art? Yes. So um, when I was going through that really tough stage, I was, I was in my early 20s and um, I had had a, a day, well, it had been a long time, but this particular day I was feeling incredibly blue. And I remember I had arrived at my mom and dad's house and um, my dad had this old sketchbook sitting on the kitchen table and I just picked it up and started drawing and I just became very lost in that process and suddenly my hands which had been shaking before with anxiety just stilled Mm -hmm. and the whole world disappeared everything that had been worrying me had vanished if just for that short moment long enough for me to just feel whole again Um, so definitely found that through art but also through yoga Um, moving the body is vital to flush out and detox and to um, experience flow in a more physical way, not just through the mind. Mm. Yeah. 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 And so then did you find almost like the combination of the two was that that was how you then found this feeling of of healing and, and wholeness? Yeah, and it, it was almost like my yoga practice would inspire me to go and, and write or to go and draw or to start painting. Um, I hadn't picked up a paintbrush in years, and I, I just started painting all the things that were revealing themselves to me at that time, which I couldn't give words to in another way, or I couldn't allow to be expressed or um, processed through my body um, in any other way. So Beautiful. it was definitely a combination. Yeah. And was this something that you just kind of came about accidentally almost, 
or was it like a draw that you had personally or was it people in your life that recommended it to you at that time? Um, for yoga, it was a definite recommendation. In fact, I remember a friend said to me, you know what, we're going to go to yoga today. And I said, really, I'm pretty sure we could just stay home and breathe and stretch. I don't know if this is really for me. Um, and she said, no, we're going to go. And I went and it was the sweetest release. It was so beautiful. Um, I hadn't experienced myself in that way for many years at that point and it was love at first sight I was on the mat every day after that wow yeah but with the art I think it was more of a of a coming home that was always a part of me and um I just needed a little bit of a reminder or a little bit of a push in order to find my way back yeah yeah and did you find with um with art did you find there was any resistance there um, strangely, not initially, the resistance probably came a little bit after, um, at the start, I picked up my paintbrush and I painted this beautiful Brazilian woman who is actually on the shelf in front of me right now. And, um, <laughs> she just emerged from beneath my paintbrush and she represented this beautiful strength within me that I didn't know I had. But once she emerged, I knew that that had been born from within me and I knew that she was there and I knew that I was strong enough to get through the next few months um, and to recreate the life that I'd always dreamed of having. Um, but then after that, it was almost like beginner's luck. Um, after that, I realized that there was quite a bit of skill involved um, to be able to always create what I wanted to create. So it was a bit of a process of letting that go mm. and um, learning or relearning that art is more about the process than what we're creating anyway. Mm. Yeah. And so allowing that process to heal and move and show me the way. It didn't have to be me leading that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And do you think that's where the, resistant com the resistance comes in when we have some sort of expectation or outcome goal or something like that? And then, you know, that yucky feeling comes up rather than actually... Absolutely. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, we learn that, that creativity is for the artsy people. It's for those that are extremely talented, um, who can draw who can paint, but that's not the case. Um, we're all creative. We were born creative um, and inspiration moves through us and asks us to engage with it so that it can show us something about ourselves. So when we dance with inspiration in this way, when we allow it to move through our bodies, um, through the chakras or the energy centers of the body, we find that we're able to listen to the stories that we've accumulated that maybe aren't true about our beliefs, about who we are. Um, and through the actual process of creating, we've somehow healed this part of ourselves that we didn't even maybe know we needed to heal. Mm. And if we keep ourselves bound to the idea that we need to create for somebody else or to show 
a certain standard or a certain level of um, expertise, then we will never be able to allow inspiration to move through us mm. in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for explaining that. Um, it's all also like something that I've experienced is um, I don't draw so much, um, but I write um, and there's a sense of freedom and definitely a sense of release when I write. Um, something that I work with clients on is, you know, a lot of journaling, journaling and that type mm -hmm. of thing. And I've definitely noticed that um, from the people who journal and, and from myself as well, the more that um, I do that and other people do that, the more the sort of creativity really starts to stir. Exactly. And I think maybe it's about redefining what creativity even means. Um, because when we say that word, we think of the fine arts, but it's not just that. I, I love to dample in that as well, but writing is also my biggest passion. Um, and so being creative doesn't always even necessarily mean that we have to create anything, but it just means that we need to engage with the part of ourselves that's that's asking the questions, the part of ourselves that's whispering to us to create something or um, to at least try whatever, whatever it is that that little voice is, is asking for. Yeah. It's, it's allowing that voice to be heard. That's, that's creativity in my experience. Yeah, totally. It's almost like the self-expression, would you say? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Hmm, beautiful. Um, and tell me, so um, you are a Diksha practitioner. What is Diksha? Diksha is um, from, it originates from the Oneness University in India. So it's comparable to Reiki, where it's an energy transfer um, using the hands. And this is going to sound a little bit technical, but what it's essentially doing is deactivating the lobes of the brain or sorry the parietal lobes of the brain the back of the brain so the amygdala the part that is responsible for fight or flight and it's activating the front of the brain which is responsible for imagination and creativity um, it's where we are able to really um, engage with our life and create the life that we really want um, rather than just react to the stresses of every day. So this is a little energy transfer that we offer during meditation that helps to just still the mind, helps you to become really, really present. Mm. So it does sound a little bit technical, but the experience of it is, is far more simple. Oh, right. Okay. So is it, is it form of meditation? It's a form of energetic healing. Okay. Through. Like Reiki. We offer it during meditation, but it doesn't need to be always coupled with meditation. It could be during a, um, a healing where somebody is lying down or relaxing. It can be for mothers with little bubs in their bellies, um, even for animals who are... Um, recovering from trauma so it's a healing modality okay okay oh interesting yeah. where did you study that i studied that about almost five years ago now um with a man named punu wasu 
in Bali, actually. Ah, so Puno's been on this podcast. <laughs> ah, it's <laughs> my world. Ah, okay, that makes sense because, of course, he studied at the Oneness University and exactly. her meditations, which are exceedingly powerful. <laughs> They're pretty magical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, have you have you done them before? I have. I teach them actually as well. Do you? Oh wow! Yes. Amazing. I had two crazy experiences um, in that meditation. Um, the first was actually probably really scare was actually really scary for me because I had intense amounts of pain and I had paralysis through the lower part of my body and everything clamped up and um, yeah mm-hmm. the, pain, the inner pain in my body was so strong and Puna came up to me and placed his hand on my forehead and told me to let go and my mind didn't know. Uh, what he meant um, but my body did and then I just started crying crying and crying and um, yeah and it felt amazing like afterwards but yeah obviously yeah. there was something you know something strong something upsetting stored in that lower part of my body and um, that yeah needed to come out and um, the second time I started singing so that was interesting because <laughs> I'm not a singer or I didn't know I was <laughs> Yeah, the Ananda Mandala is a really beautiful, powerful meditation. And, um, you know, it's often hard for, for people to understand, especially at the beginning of their, their practice or journey, um, how energy can be so real. Mm. But when you sit through a meditation where you're moving the Kundalini or the creative life force through your body, um, it suddenly becomes very evident that this is it's real and science has caught up. I mean, there's lots of scientific evidence, call it energy, call it heat, um, whatever we'd like to call that, but it's, it's real. And um, these practices are moving this through us and that has a physical response. So when you were feeling pain, um, that's the nervous system processing this new energy that's, that's starting to shift and move through you. It's, an, it's so incredible. Mm, yeah, it was the most, yeah, incredible experience I've ever had in my life. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah blew, me, it blew me away that, you know, we, we talk about the chakras and, you know, learn about the chakras and, you know, work with them in our yoga practice. But this was taking it to another level for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, so it's great. definitely Let's definitely have a practice soon. Yeah, sounds good. I would love to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um okay so let's talk about namaste so you how long has namaste and namaste been going for so we are just about coming up to our two-year anniversary which seems incredible yeah. <laughs> um and it's this little seed that i planted um which seemed a lot more like something that I just needed to do. I wasn't really sure of what it would grow into. I just knew that I had the seed and it needed to be planted and watered and fed. Um, And it's so far grown into something absolutely magical, this beautiful little beanstalk that um, I've had to repot many times. And we're just about to go through another repotting, which is very exciting um, in order to 
offer even more to the community. So everyone's probably thinking, what is it? <laughs> um, so Nam Art Stay is Namaste and art mixed together. So it's this combination of yoga ideas, sometimes actual yoga asana, mixed with um, creativity and creativity in the process sense. So sometimes, um, sometimes we've got workshops where we combine yoga with an art form like vinyasa and abstract painting, or other times it may not involve an actual asana practice, but rather the philosophies um, of the yogic lifestyle in order to make the process of creativity more conscious. Ah, interesting. Very cool. So sometimes it includes the physical practice. Other times it's more the, the concepts and, you know, getting the, the, the mind and um, consciousness ready to take on the, yeah, the creative. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have blog posts that explore different ideas around creativity and what it means to actually engage with your own creativity from this conscious perspective. So what do you start to notice about your thought patterns when you start to create? Because whatever arises for you during that process are the same thoughts that are going to arise when you try to create anything in your life. Mm. So it's a really beautiful way to start to play with that and make that very real. So we talk about catching our thoughts like in a butterfly net so that we can begin to look at them and say, hmm, do we really believe these little gremlins that are saying these things or perhaps is it time to let these go? Um, because what is the purpose of, of this creation anyway? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. So um, kind of providing almost like a sense of space around contemplation, would you say? Yeah, um, giving us a medium to play with contemplation, perhaps, mm -hmm. because contemplation is something that exists in the ether. Um, consciousness is not something that we can touch and play with, but when we bring the arts to it in terms of clay or a journal practice or paints or um, creating something from a box of magical treasures, um, suddenly that consciousness becomes tangible and we're able to actually physically play with that rather than just think about it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And would you say that when, when the, you know, the butterfly effects where you're, um, you're noticing the thoughts and then you're catching the thoughts and then you're kind of looking at them when the thoughts come up and you have that kind of mm, mental thought about them, do you tend to find then that that, that thought is more of a, a, a positive way of looking at it. What I'm trying to explain is an experience that I've had a lot on the mat when I'm in yoga is mm, different um, parts of my life pop up for me to look at. Um, ways in which I've spoken to people, situations, events, where other people have spoken to me. Mm, and when it pops up, it's not in a way that's uh, a horrible way, you know, in the terms of you did this or, you know, like in this nasty kind of more egoic kind of way of looking at things. It's more a softness and there's space around it in a less kind of critical way. Is it that kind of thing that you're talking about? It is. However, it's less about anybody else and it's more just about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So um, 
it's sort of stepping out of the realm of what these relationships with others look like just for a moment in order to come really, really deeply inward or really become really intimate with the self um, so that we almost come into the very source of where all of these, these thoughts arise from or where all of these actions or ways of interacting or being arise. Um, and so it's almost like we're not, we're doing the noticing yes. from what you explained that the yoga will usually bring up or draw out. Mm-hmm. And then we're taking it another step further and we're saying, okay, interesting. Where in, where in the body is this feeling um, originating from is we'll start to look at our, our balance between masculine and feminine energy within the body. Um, because essentially we're, we're working with the creative life force, which is the Kundalini energy, which we talked about briefly through your meditation experience. Um, and so in order for this energy to flow through the body, it needs to be in balance. Mm. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. And <laughs> so um, in terms of like the, the combination of uh, yoga, the philosophy and the art, I know that you talk a lot about the eight limbs. Is that because you draw in kind of like some of the philosophical parts of yoga into the practice? Yeah. So for me, it's not something that can be separated. Um, yoga asana is just one part of what makes up yoga um, in my mind. And when we speak about the eight limbs, we're speaking about there's eight different parts that make up an entire yoga practice. And those include codes of contact or codes of conduct, including... Um, little things it's it's more about the way we interact with ourselves and others so being truthful um not stealing being kind to to one another that sort of thing um asana is a part of that as well as breathing techniques um and meditation and eventually enlightenment which is actually one of the eight limbs of yoga so the reason why we talk about it in this sense is because you might practice yoga on the mat, but what you might begin to find is that your life begins to change somehow. Um, Maybe you start to have an inclination towards not wanting to eat meat. Um, Suddenly you're feeling very ethical about something that you didn't really think about before. And that's um, ahimsa or nonviolence starting to arise um suddenly you're starting to become a little bit more inquisitive about what this whole meditation thing might be and during your shavasana at the end of class you're having experiences that you can't quite give words to um so in order to fully experience yoga i think that we need to have a little bit more awareness of what the eight limbs are so that we have the tools in order to fully experience the entire um, process of yoga or um, experience of yoga, which is essentially just the experience of, of ourselves. 
Mm. So for, yeah, so for me, it's just so much bigger than a, a series of, of well-planned postures um, that take you to a Shavasana. It goes far beyond that. Yeah, for yeah. sure, which is the real yoga, the, the um, you know, what, what's come through, um, you know, the, the, the teachings um, from, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago is that um, whilst, you know, the West has adopted the more physical practices, it's actually, you know, a beautiful um, and entire sort of process. And I think that's so beautiful that you're bringing all of those elements into what you do and combining that with the the creative side um i think it's yeah it's it's stunning it's stunning what you're doing um, thank you let's let's also um talk about um wholeness uh so this podcast is called becoming whole um so i wanted to find out what wholeness means to you personally i personally think that we have always been whole i think that we emerged into this world whole um, and somewhere along the way we forgot how whole we really are. Um, we are love at our essence and if we are still enough and present enough, we will actually find that this moment that we are in, that there is nothing more that we need. There is nobody we need to be. There's nowhere that we need to be. There's nothing more that we need to know. In this moment, we are enough and it is perfect. And we are perfect. But it's so easy to forget because life is messy and life is complicated and life is busy. But it's also so beautiful. It's magical and breathtaking. And wholeness means remembering that it means not missing the beauty of this moment mm. and how full it really is and and at the end of the day to be here at this time in this body is the most miraculous experience mm. what more could we really want it's just about coming back to that time and time and time again yeah, so true, so true. We get so caught up with the day-to-day -day and our little worries and concerns and he said, she said kind of stuff and then we forget that we're in these incredible bodies and everything is a miracle around us. It's, yeah, it's an incredible thing. But as you said, it's we forget and then we just come back and then we forget and then we come back. <laughs> Which is also beautiful because we have to forget in order to remember. Mm, yeah, so true. Yeah, 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 beautiful. Love it. Cool. Um, so, you know, on this, this path to wholeness, so you've talked about, you know, what wholeness is to you. If someone's sitting back and they're listening to this and they're like, but I don't feel this, I don't know what you're talking about. How could, you know, one thing that they could potentially do, would you say, to kind of get started onto a path where they feel this sense of connection? I would say that for each person that that answer is going to be really different. But my initial, my initial response to that would be to go for a walk in nature and to be very alone during that walk. 
And during that time to allow themselves to really listen to the whispers of their soul, the little whispers of whatever it is inside of them that is asking for something, whether it's asking for them to make something or write something or do something or experience something or go somewhere and to just take a chance to not overthink it, to not rationalize it in any way, but to just agree that they're going to take themselves on this little date, whatever it happens to be, whether it's half an hour that they're going to sit in their room with a really blank page and just see what emerges, um, or whether they need to take a trip to Bali perhaps and go and experience this wild meditation we speak of, whatever it is that calls to them, it's going to be different for everybody, but there will be the next clue there. It'll be waiting for them there. Um, the answer is always in the whispers of, of what your soul is asking for. And if we take the time to listen, you will know soon enough. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Great advice. And before we wrap up, I just want to have a little chat because I know that you're transitioning into taking on Namaste full time, which is so exciting. Um, and yeah, I wanted um, you to just have a little chat about what's coming up for Namaste, where people can find you. Great. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about 2018 for Namaste. It's going to be really exciting. Um, so we'll be stepping into the space of creating more online content, um, definitely more blog posts and um, ways for people to engage with us um, through conversation, through experiences around the city, um, the city of Melbourne for now, but we will be also expanding um, all over Australia, which is really exciting as well. Um, we also do creative coaching and there's four wonderful teachers that are under the Namartse umbrella. So there's um, someone there for everybody. We've got retreats coming up. Um, we've actually got a retreat that we're launching this week. So it's not even announced yet, but we'll um, announce it later this week, which is coming up at the end of January for eight beautiful women. Um, so it's a collection of of offerings from the heart that have asked us to birth them, so to speak. And so um, I'm not exactly sure like how Namart's Day began. It was a seed and we planted it and it grew into something beautiful. We continue to do that and we continue to listen to what it asks for. And so stay tuned, but follow our journey on Instagram. Um, and Facebook and on our website and connect, reach out. We'd love to chat, go for coffee, mm -hmm. um, hear, hear everybody's stories. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. I will put all of those details um, in the show notes so that people can find you and can follow the journey and also those wonderful um, retreats and workshops that you have um, coming up. They're all featured on your website? They are. So um, if you jump onto the website, you can check out uh, the tab retreats or there's classes and workshops um everything's up there so Thank have you. a have a browse awesome and are your retreats in australia and also overseas or kind of yes so we do um australia and 
different spots around the world, depending on the time of year and the retreat. Fantastic. And um, is Namaste for more, you know, for, for females or, or for anyone, anyone who has an inclination? It's definitely for anyone who has an inclination. Um, we even do some corporate things, which is really fun. Um, we do offer, however, specific retreats and workshops for women um, as we've been exploring the concept of the muse quite a bit lately of how women often gave up their creative energy um, to somebody else. And so it's about reclaiming that for ourselves and making magic. But we are also making magic with men as well. So um, definitely for both. So check us out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, um, Lauren. This has been absolutely wonderful. I love the chat. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and I wish you all the best. Um, Thanks. Namaste. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. And that's the end of another episode. I do hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insights. You can find more info about the show and my guests by visiting my website, claire-bradshaw.com or subscribe to iTunes to ensure you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, please give it a rating on iTunes as this makes a huge difference in sharing the podcast and its content with more people. My dream is to create a happier, healthier, more wholesome world. And I truly believe that it starts with ourselves. So thank you for listening and have a beautiful day.